The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to a special data tech episode of the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the overlap of data, privacy, marketing, and technology. Joining us is our data tech expert, David Finkelstein, who is the CEO of BDEX, which is the first ever data exchange platform and one of the Inc. 5000 fastest growing privately owned U.S. companies. Combining hundreds of data sources in real time into one unique data infrastructure, BDEX offers the most powerful, accurate identity graph available in the United States. And the company also provides a privacy-focused machine learning modeling technology that allows marketers to effortlessly scale up their target audience. Yesterday, David and I talked about the 101 of building a data tool. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking a little bit about privacy versus identity resolution. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with David Finkelstein, the CEO of BDEX. David, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you, Ben. Looking forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah, excited to continue our data tech series. This is the second installment here. And yesterday we talked about the hypothetical data tool that I'm building. We want to retarget people that listen to podcasts. And the notion is, well, okay, I'm going to get some first-party data from my podcast. I'm going to hand it to a company like BDEX, and they're going to say, well, if you give us this little bit of data, then we have a good sense of who most of the people might be that are listening to your podcast. And then you can take that data back and you can decide to feed it to an ad platform and you can use it for analytics and insights, all sorts of fun stuff that we can do. Underlying here is the notion that we are getting some data, we're asking another company to give us more data, and then we're using it to do a marketing activity, which I think some people would have privacy questions and concerns about. So let's talk a little bit about the elephant in the room. The overall, whether it's morality or legality of taking a small bit of anonymized data, enriching it and being able to use it for marketing practices. Isn't privacy and this notion of identity resolution somewhat in conflict? Absolutely. Not the answer I would have expected from you, David. <laughs> no, it is. I mean, look, there's a lot of conflict when you talk about privacy. I think what people really want when it comes to privacy and their data 
comes closer to being described as transparency. You go to a website right now, every website you go to, every app you use, now you're presented with a button to click and that describes how they're using your data. And I don't know if I've ever read any of them. I read them all. Oh yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I don't know who reads any of them. So here's the conundrum. You're giving access to this data that's being collected about you just for going to this website and that's fine. But you really don't know how it's being used unless you go and you read the fine print. And everybody's, every single website you go to has different fine print. And there's really no way to sort of know what everybody's doing with it. So this is the government's way of saying, hey, we're going to require some rules to be in place. So now there's these rules that are in place, but there's very few controls. So what I always tell people is, look, from a privacy perspective, we all have responsibilities. When you're collecting first-party data, you have a responsibility. And this is, again, I'd say it's a legal responsibility, but it's also an ethical responsibility. You have a responsibility to tell people what you're collecting and what you're going to use it for. That's it. Plain and simple. You do that, you're within the law. And as long as you're using it for ethical purposes, which I believe marketing is, right, then you're well within your rights to do what you're doing with it. Then comes the other side of the spectrum where you're saying, okay, well, now I have this data. I'm going to enrich it with some other data. So that's where things get a little messier because now you're talking about enriching it with third-party data. So now you need to know where did that data come from? Was it collected with privacy controls in place? Was it collected with ethical means in place? And how did it get to where it is today? And does that company have the right to sell it to? So it comes down to when you're buying third-party data to enrich your first-party data, you have to make sure that you're doing that with a company that has all the right controls in place to make sure that those checks and balances exist. Once you do that, now you have sort of this process in place and you're able to collect your first party data, enrich it with third party data that you know and you trust and use it in both an ethical and legal means. I wanna talk about what the rules are for you and what the rules are for me. And for the sake of my lawyer who may or may not be listening to this podcast, and if he is maybe freaking out that we're even having this conversation, We haven't done this, and we're talking theoretically about the tools that we can build. But David, for you, the idea of enriching someone else's data, right, building an identity graph, what are the rules and regulations as you understand them for what data you can collect? Because you, in theory, have a ton of data on a lot of people all around the world, or at least across the United States, You've got data sources coming out of your ears. That's something that if, I don't know, my mom or my sister heard, they would say, well, this person's collecting information about everyone in America. Isn't that the bad Facebook Cambridge Analytica guys? Like, what's the difference? Tell me about what the rules and regulations are for identity graph companies like BDEX. When you talk about something like what happened with Cambridge Analytica, it was a situation where they extracted data that they didn't have the legal right to use. So that's a very blatant misuse of data and ethical issue. In our case, what we do is we partner with a lot of different data companies, a lot of companies that are collecting data. And one of the very first things that we do before we even start a relationship with one of those companies is go through a legal vetting process. So that's a process where we and our legal team not only reviews their legal documents as far as privacy policies, data usage rights, and things like that, but also reviews their collection methods. And we actually do a review of how is the data collected, where is it collected, and are the proper 
opt-ins, opt-outs provided. And so as long as we get past that initial vetting step, then that data is allowed into our platform. So we know that data coming into our platform is being collected within the legal rights of use. And then on top of that, we actually do something that we're not even legally restricted and don't even have to do. We provide an opt-out within our entire platform. So we don't actually collect any data. We don't actually own any data. We have 100 different data partnerships and all those companies own their own data and we aggregate it for them into our platform. Almost kind of like the way any DMP works or you can even consider it in ways similar to Amazon, the way they actually hold a lot of data from a lot of different companies, right? But they don't control any of it. We're kind of in that same sort of position where we act as a service provider to those data companies to help them monetize that data, but we don't actually own any of it. But we go that extra step. We allow consumers to opt out directly out of our platform as well. So we try to do all of this to make sure that everything that we do is within ethical use and legal use restrictions. But we also go a step further than that is we get to know every single one of our customers and understand their use of the data. Because the last thing that we want to do is have data go through our platform and end up in somewhere else where that data is being used for an illegal or unethical purpose as well. So all of our customers are actually vetted and and you'd be surprised how many customers we turn away because they come to us and they want to buy something and then we ask them how they want to use it. And we're like, "Mm, no, we don't allow it to be used that way. All right. Are you ready to see a lawyer squirm? (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the rules for guys like me. We talked before about first party data and I have data ownership and I can pass that data to you. Here's a complex one. Podcasting. We get very little data. I am the creator of a piece of content. I publish that content all over the world across thousands of different platforms, but I don't own where the data is actually consumed. Someone goes on to Spotify and listens to the MarTech podcast or Apple's podcast app and listens to the podcast. In theory, according to some regulations, my understanding like GDPR and I think CCPA as well, you're supposed to give the ability for somebody to click to opt out of you collecting the data where they're using it. But I can't go into Apple's app store and say, hey, Apple, add a button for people to opt out of me collecting their data. Now, I could put a link in our show notes, which we do through our hosting platform. Mm -hmm. But there's all these sort of like gray areas when it comes down to data collection and privacy. Absolutely, we want people to be able to opt out of the ability for us to collect data from them, we don't, in my opinion, have that opportunity. So that means that I'm through our hosting platform collecting data that someone hasn't had the ability to opt out of. We give them a link to our privacy policy and then they can say we want to opt out and we will try to find their data and remove it from our system. That's the plan here as we build out our data platform. We want transparency, we believe in it, but I don't even know if the data is mine Is it my hosts? Is it Apple's or Spotify's or Overcast's? Like, I'm not really sure the definition of first-party data, but I can take this data and I can hand it over to someone like BDEX. And I'm assuming it's first-party data. It's first to me. It's my podcast listeners. I created the content. Just give me your thoughts on the ethical practices of the use of data for people that are building data products. In that example, I'd say that the user has the option to opt out at the global level of Spotify. 
So I'm sure that Spotify must have an opt-out somewhere in their platform, probably when you first register. And probably if you were already registered after they added that, they probably at some point added it into their terms and conditions and emailed people. And now if you dig through their app or through their website, you'd find an opt-out somewhere. But I'd say that only in those conditions where someone opts out would that be restrictive to you. So in this case, someone's listening to your podcast by way of Spotify, and you're able to see that they listen to that and you get their IP address, whatever it is, that's first party data that you're able then to collect because they have not opted out. And if they wanted to opt out, they probably would have to do so at a global level since Spotify doesn't provide an opt out at the podcast level. So it's their problem. (laughs) That's wonderful. This is where my opener was that it's all very convoluted. So there is not a lot of black and white here when it comes to a lot of parts of the sort of privacy of what can be used and what can't be used because of that. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Let's talk a little bit about the other end of the spectrum. Make the assumption that legal first party data that I can collect and it's Spotify's job to manage the opt outs. And we're going to take it a step farther and give people the option to opt out of our retargeting program if and when we decide to build it. On the flip side is, okay, I've got something like an IP address. Is that personally identifiable? Is that anonymous? I think that that's another area of debate. First off, do you want to comment on that? Is IP address PII or NPII? It's definitely a product of debate. My feeling is that it's not PII because it can't be addressed to a single person. Even if you can identify the household, you're not able to identify the individual at that household to that IP address because most cases there's one IP address for the entire household. So that IP address could represent multiple people. On the other hand, there are people that say, no, this is PII because you can link it to a person, even if it's multiple people. So it's definitely one of those gray areas. 
And it's one of the reasons why under GDPR, IP addresses need to be obfuscated. And that means that they have to either be encrypted or in some cases, they just take off the last digit so that you might be able to identify it partially, but by taking off the last digit, you're narrowing it down to literally 254 different addresses. So it definitely makes it unaddressable. Okay, so let's make the assumption that not PII, I morally and legally can pass it on to an identity resolution company. Then there's the flip side. You return data back to me, and I can then go take it and upload it into a marketing company. I can send it to Facebook or the trade desk or whatever platform I want, and I can then follow those people around the internet with ads. Or in theory, I can get a hashed email and I can send them an email directly. When we're talking about privacy, I think that that's really where the question is, is what data are you collecting from me? And what are you doing with that data that will affect me? Where do you, obviously, there's lots of gray area, so take it with a grain of salt here. Where do you think the line in the sand is for what you're able to legally do with the resulting data once it's been enriched? Can I go knock on somebody's door and ask them to listen to my podcast? Mm -hmm. Can I serve them an ad on Facebook, asking them to buy something from one of my sponsors? What's the, the line in between those two markers of what you can and can't do? I personally think that what you can and cannot do and what I believe you should and shouldn't be able to do might be two different things. Because the reality is I'm of the thought process that the better you can target me, the better my experience will be online. That's personally how I feel. I don't want to see generic ads. I want to see ads that are targeted to me. I want things to show up in my mailbox that actually are relevant to me. I would love to watch TV and actually want to see the commercials instead of seeing commercials that are completely irrelevant to me. So on one hand, people say, my privacy, my privacy. On the other hand, do you want a bad experience when you're online or watching TV or getting junk mail in your mailbox? I mean, I throw out every piece of mail in my mailbox. It literally goes from my mailbox to the recycle bin because I get all of these things in the mail that I don't care about. My wife got a thing in the mail from Omaha Steaks addressed to her. She's vegan. Like, if you can't target, if you don't understand your audience, how are you going to satisfy that audience? So in the case of retargeting and what we're talking about, retargeting podcasters, if you can take that audience that you have and retarget with them with something that's really meaningful to them, I think that adds a lot of value. So for all these people that are saying that we need to be concerned about privacy, I think that we need to really think about the user experience as well. There needs to be a balance between privacy and user experience. And I think that that's the important thing. That's why I went back to what I said earlier is that I don't think that the issue is privacy so much as it is transparency. I think consumers just need to know how their data is going to be used. And if they knew that, and if it was clear, then they could opt in or opt out and say, yes, I'm okay with that. Or no, I'm not okay with that. And I think that that would be the sort of optimal situation. I think everybody has their own line in the sand when it comes to privacy. Definitely. Some people don't want their data collected. Some people don't mind having their data collected, but they don't want to be remarketed to. And I think that there's another level here that goes beyond marketing into manipulation. And this is where we start to look at things like government propaganda, right? We can collect all of this data. And, you know, we hear all the stories about 
things like the Chinese government and TikTok, how they can get data on American users and they're harvesting all of this intelligence to do things, I don't know whether it's manipulating political elections or understanding how the American economy works or God knows what on earth they would be doing with all of the TikTok data. And I say they as in the Chinese government, not as in Dance Bite, where who knows if that data is actually even being passed. But I think that that's the other concern. It is not just a marketing question when it comes to privacy. We get into this area of some of the more nefarious uses of data. So are there ways where you see that companies can make it clear that they are specifically using the data that's being collected only for marketing? Like, how do you draw this sort of barrier between I'm collecting this data for use for marketing, but nothing else, or use for marketing and analytics, or use for marketing analytics and government propaganda? How do we stop the usage of data that goes beyond the practical intent that it's collected for? My thought process there goes back to that transparency. I think the problem we have right now is that everybody just clicks on that button, like we said, and you click on it and you don't read it and you have no idea what's going on. And so I think the issue is that you need to take that information and make it front and center. Someone gave me an example recently and I haven't seen it yet. I should really go to the website. I think they said it was Gap and they went to Gap's website and a window popped up and basically said, we want to track information about your purchases, sizes that you choose, colors that you choose, things like that, so that we can serve you better and help you find items that you will like through your experience here at the Gap. And I thought that was an amazing example of the best way to handle transparency and use of data. And if everybody did that, and then at the same time, gave you a very clear way to say, no, I'm not okay with that, or yes, that sounds cool, that's gonna be useful to me, then I think that that changes how a lot of people look at data and privacy going forward. Because now it becomes much more transparent. It's a much better user experience. But I think that in order to really do that, you end up in a situation where is every website that I go to going to do that? Maybe not. But if they did, well, now I have 50 different places that I'm giving the okay to my data. I don't exactly know how to opt out after I've done it. What if after I start receiving too many emails from them, I want to then opt out? It gets a little convoluted. So I think that the ultimate answer is sort of a centralized system that allows you to do that. Think of it like a do not call list that has a website where you can say, okay, well, these are all the websites or apps that I allowed to track me. And here's what they say that they're tracking and review it every once in a while and allow some, disallow others. And that's where I think if we can get to something like that, then it solves a lot of problems. There is so much gray area when it comes to the use of data, when it comes to how people want their privacy to be protected, how they want their data or don't want their data to be used. And even down to, you know, the example I used in podcasting, the practical usage of doing things like accepting opt-ins or opt-outs, it is a incredibly hairy, complicated, nuanced topic. And David, it's the real reason why I'm so excited to be embarking on this series with you, our data tech series, to try to unpack some of the new things that we're learning about data, some of the applications, some of the ways that you can Make sure that you're ethically, morally, legally 
using data the right way. And I think that your context will be super useful for the marketers listening to the show. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to be producing this series with you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm excited about it as well. And I think that with as fast as this industry is changing, I think every time we have another conversation like this, we'll obviously have new things coming around that we'll need to be talking about because privacy laws and technologies and everything changes so fast. It's a fast evolving landscape, and we're going to try to make sure that we stay up to date with it. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with David Finkelstein, the CEO of BDEX. If you'd like to get in touch with David, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at BDEX, B-D-E-X, or you can visit his company's website, which is also BDEX.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.